Hey guys, this is Sarah Beth, and you are listening to episode 31 of the Simply 127 podcast. And right off the bat, I'm going to have to ask you for a little bit of grace on this episode. (laughs) This is actually a recorded WhatsApp conversation between me and our 127 ministry partner, David Lara, who lives in Guatemala. So have a little bit of grace with us on the audio, but I think you're going to love this conversation. David is our newest local leader. Um, He's a pastor of El Camino Church in Escuintla, Guatemala. That's about an hour south of Guatemala City. So thanks so much for joining us today, David. Thank you, Sarah, for having me in your program this time. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I just wanted to have a few minutes for you to give us an introduction. Tell us a little bit about your family, um, your ministry, um, you know, some of the history there, and then we'll just kind of get started with the conversation after that. So I'll, I'll pass the microphone to you. All right. Thank you. Well, as uh, Sarah said, I'm David Lara. I am 43 years old. I live in Guatemala City. Um, I come from a big family. I am the four of five brothers and one sister. <laughs> My parents are missionaries in Spain. My sister and her family right now are in Scotland as a missionary as well. So I have been, uh, you know, in, in, in a family serving the Lord, in a big family serving the Lord together. So that's something really uh, a privilege for us yeah. to do and keep doing it. Yeah, They're kind of all so over I the world, been, too. Yes, yes, yes. It's been really uh, an uh, adventure for every single one of us. <laughs> yeah, I have been I have been married for almost uh, fourteen years. Uh, I have three beautiful daughters that uh, are learning and willing to share their faith every time. My wife is my constant motivator as well to keep working as a team and to not banish because we need someone like that, you know, <laughs> as a as a man. When yes. we are married, and uh, of course, when do ministry, when we do the ministry as well. Yes, you have a really great well, ministry uh, partner. Yes, yes, she's really uh, a gift from the Lord for me. Yeah. Telling you something about myself, uh, I heard the gospel and opened my heart to Christ when I was 12 years old. I remember I was afraid to, to death, and since I heard Jesus is the resurrection of life, I put my faith on him and I wanted to do whatever he wants me to do. But I remember that was something really uh, a big step for me because that brought me a lot of peace. But uh, I always kept saying, Lord, do not send me to Africa. (laughs) After the years, you will get surprised, but after the years in 1998, God really works in in really uh, funny ways. (laughs) I had the opportunity to join in a mission trip in Ethiopia. And I, I was in that time 21 years old. That was that, that was nine years after my conversion. That was the country where the Lord really touched my heart. He called me. Mm-hmm. I was remember I remember I was crying and praying, telling him, Why you brought me here? What I'm doing here. I felt like I was useless for the Lord, but in that prayer, I remember I heard I heard him saying, Give me your heart. And I will take care of the rest. Hmm. Since then, my, my, my life really changed. I came back to my country, Guatemala, to keep serving the Lord in my church, in my local church in many ways. I was uh, leading one of the, of the youth groups in my church, doing evangelism, uh, getting involved in missions in my country too. But it was in, in the 2000 with my parents who were moved to 
to to establish a church. They were moved by the Lord uh, to establish this church in the south side of my country. My dad is actually, he's a doctor, and the Lord has always put a heavy heart for the vulnerable people on him. So he opened a clinic in the south, and, and, and that was the first step to also share the gospel while he was doing what he loves, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and then it, it came by a, a, a Bible study. Uh, it brought this, uh, the people that he was doing the, the, he was trying to reach. They wanted to start a study, uh, a Bible study, sorry. And after a year, the group was growing and then the church was established in 2001. Do you so know, did he, my... did he have a plan to plant a church or was he planning a medical clinic and it, it kind of turned oh, no, into yes. a church? <laughs> yes. No, no. Yes. Yes. He had this plan. Actually, he was, uh, he was coming back from Argentina. He mm-hmm. was uh, uh, studying there in a Bible Institute. So when he came back, he just uh, came with this plan and, and we, he put it, you know, to, uh, to work on it. And, I learned from my dad to care for the vulnerable one. Mm-hmm. I remember going with him, uh, with my brothers uh, as a family when we was when I was a child to different rural areas here in Guatemala to serve with his gift as a doctor. And us, we were in charge of uh, sharing the medicine, the free medicine he was giving to the to the people he was attending. I remember it was huge lines. I mean. It was a hundred people coming, two hundred people coming to, to you know, to, to to him, you know, as a doctor, to be able to, to to have a medicine at least, you know, to have access mm-hmm. for for the health and 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 as an as a doctor with my dad. So yeah. it was so amazing how the people were always in need here in Guatemala, especially especially in the rural areas. Yeah. I love hearing the story of just the legacy that your parents have instilled in in your you and your siblings. And so was this idea of like of caring for the vulnerable, I mean you said it was something you learned from your dad, but is it something that you always saw the connection of gospel work and caring for the vulnerable or just from watching and learning from your dad would you say that was the main influence and in you really where this message of caring for the vulnerable really clicked for you? Well, I, I guess when you are a kid, uh, you don't see that on on, on the first hand. Yeah, <laughs> you learn you learn it from you know from the Lord specific when you keep studying the Bible and God really move your heart for the vulnerable ones and you want to do something more for for them and for the for the people that are lost. So, uh, watching my dad also serving him with his career, uh, serving serving the Lord, you know, with what he loves. But uh, you know what he do, what he does right now. Mm-hmm. He, he's in Spain right now uh, as a missionary with my with my mom, uh, and they were called to to you know to serve him in Spain right now. Now he's still using his career. So at the first time, after, at the first hand, sorry, uh, I wanted to do the same. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be an architect. I studied in the college, and I I wanted to be an architect and use my career for you know to serve the Lord as well. You know, as my dad was, he was doing it. But, you know, uh, after my dad planned and established the church in 2001, in 2007, he was uh, he had the call to serve in Spain. And that was uh, the moment that the Lord was calling me to 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 take a step front 
and be the pastor of the actually uh, of the El Camino Church right now we have. Mm-hmm. So now I have been serving the Lord as a pastor for over thir- uh, yeah, 13 years. So it's, it's, it's really amazing how the Lord has, call, has, has been working in my life since I was a kid, using my dad, using the Bible, uh, seeing in, in, other, in others, you know, how to serve the Lord, using your, your skills, using your career or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, to serve the Lord in, and help the vulnerable people. So, so the church that you I, pastor now is the church that your dad planted? Yes, yes, it is. Yes, I love that. You've mentioned the differences between ministry in Guatemala in the city versus the rural areas, and so I'm really interested about that. Can you tell us a little bit more about San Vicente, maybe some of the history and some of the work that's going on there currently? Yeah, well, uh, I remember uh, when it was in 2008, when the we, we did the first visit to this uh, area called with this community called San Vicente, so I learned from my dad of caring for the vulnerable ones. But at the same time, we had this opportunity as a church uh, of do something uh, with this uh, rural area. I mean, it was a community that uh, has a lot of needs. You know, San Vicente is a community. Most of them are natives. The oldest people had no access to education. They depend on the crops and the and the good or bad harvest, and that's the hard situation every every year. Mm-hmm. And that is when you have the heavy heart for these people, the desire of do something more for for the vulnerable ones, as San Vicente, the community. Uh, the, the, this community is about four hundred people. These are families that, uh, when we had. We had our internal war. They 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 had to run away. They used to live in the west side of our country, but they had to run away to Mexico and next to the border, and they lived for for many years there. But in the end of the conflict, that was in 1996, I guess. A year later, they 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 asked to the government to to you know to bring them back uh, to to the to our country. So the, the government, uh, they moved to, to all of them to uh, put them here in, in Squindla, uh, the region I do my ministry. And it is important to bold that these native people did not came back to the region they grew, they grew up. This is a very rural area. It's hard access to water, electricity, school, and some other facilities or amenities that we have so mm-hmm. easily. So it was in 2017. So I want to just give you an idea. In 2017, they finally have access to electricity. <laughs> so this is when you see all this. This is when you realize that the gospel must do more among these kids and young and old people. It's been really tough for all of us as a church to do an impact to this community because you see a lot of uh, need and you want to do something more. And that was when 2015, we start praying for do something more for, for the church. Because I was, I mean, not only me, I mean, the leadership of our local church, El Camino in Esquindla, we were kind of running, uh, running, running out of ideas and money and, and, you know, the, 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 opportunity to do something more for these people. So again, just for, because most of the listeners probably haven't been to Esquintula, can you explain just the difference um, 
your church in El Camino, the members there, and their relationship with San Vicente and how far away things are, just so, so people can kind of have an idea of um, the work okay. that's going on. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, well, Esquintla, it's a, it's a normal town, you know, it's not like uh, most of our cities here in, in Guatemala. Yeah, so you can tell the difference. Most of them are, you know, in the middle class probably or less than that. And the people that are, are attending to our local church are people that uh, most of them are single, single moms. Uh, some of them have, uh, you know, the, the husband is working in the States as, you know, illegal. And they're trying to, you know, to keep uh, improve or at least, you know, their situation that they live here. In, in Guatemala. So uh, we have like 90 people coming or attending to, to, to El Camino Church in Esquintla. El Camino, it's a, it's a really nice uh, church and the people is really great. You know, we have learning together how to depend in the Lord, not in the government, how to depend in, in God's hand and, and not, you know, in the economical or financial here as, as you know, the because the economic here is really bad, you know, mm -hmm. the government is not really helping the, the poor, or at least it's not given, you know, access to 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 have a, a job. So that's why the people is 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 so common to hear that people is moving or is you know moving to state as a legal. So it's really hard to see most of the families uh, that are fighting uh, with, you know. Not only with the faith, also you know, with uh, the hard access to to have a, a like a, a, a nice income, you know, for to sustain your family at least. You mm -hmm. know? So it's really hard for many of these people down there in Esquintla. And you were saying in this in the city at El Camino, people are receptive to the gospel. They understand, you know, you can yeah. kind of see a light bulb go off when they understand the good news of Jesus. And, um, you know, we've talked about that as far as evangelism. But can you talk a little bit about, um, I think I mentioned this season in the podcast, we're talking about how the gospel is central to the work of caring for the vulnerable. And so maybe one, like how you're teaching your the members at your church, that they go together, evangelism and caring for the poor are, can go hand in hand. Um, and just how they're related, this idea of fatherlessness, poverty, oppression, how do all those things relate to the gospel from your perspective? Well, I, I believe when you care for the vulnerable people, the orphans, the widows, and also by caring all the the sinners, we are, you know, being, we, we are being obedient of what the Lord Jesus asks us to do. Mm -hmm. This is uh, loving your neighbor as yourself. And like Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians 2.10, uh, we, we read, for we are his uh, workmanship mm -hmm. created on in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. And also in James 1.27, that's something that, you know, you know very well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pure and on the, yeah, on the field of religion before God and, and the Father is this, you know, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep, you know, oneself spotted from, from the world, you know, and when you realize all these verses 
that comes, you know, in, the, in your deepest part of your heart and you make them really, you know, uh, part of yourself, that's going to bring you, you know, to, to, to start or do something more uh, of, you know, of just preaching or do evangelism. You know, you have to do something more. You are called to do something more, to have compassion for, for all these people as well. It's not easy just to do evangelism. I know in these hard times we live, the people are, you know, starting to, to you know, not not to listen to you anymore. It's really hard. But at the same time, you know, you, we need to do something more, not only to focus in, on evangelism. We need to do, do, you know, discipleship, for example, something that yeah. that we, we need to do more as a church. People need to you know to have the knowledge of of the word of god uh, of you know learn from from his heart learn from what he thinks of us and what he you know his call us to do too as well so it's kind of like uh we need to do more more just to do evangelism we need to do more about that yeah, we can stay. You know, we can stay. You know, uh, just attending to church and that's it on Sunday. I mean, there is something more that calls that that the Lord is calling us to do. Yeah, we're going to shift gears a little bit, but I, w- I wanted you to talk a little bit about how your ministry has changed in the last year. I know we're right at a year ago that um, COVID lockdowns um, began, and we're just here. I would love to hear more about maybe shifts that you were able to make in ministry and ways that you were able to reach out both in your city, in your town community, but also in San Vicente. Yes. Um, well, you know, it's it's been a really, uh, really tough year for every single mm-hmm. one. And especially for the vulnerable ones, especially for those that, that are, in, are in really need. Mm-hmm. Well, um, when the COVID, you know, uh, finally arrived here in Guatemala, uh, we we had a, a, a lockdown. You know, we have some different uh, measurements. I mean, the government did, you know, we have to stay uh, at least for probably four months, five months. We couldn't go outside. Uh, just, you know, if you are in, in need of, of buying some groceries, or need to go to the market. That was uh, something uh, that happened just in between some uh, schedule, you know. So we have to stay at home most of the time. So we have to to figure out how to keep, you know, feeding the, the flock. And that was when we we used the Facebook. Uh, we used the Facebook Live, you know, to keep, mm-hmm. you know, teaching to the people and reach to the people. It's really amazing how uh, the people, you know, was really uh, uh, hungry to, to hear the gospel, also to hear the, the word of God. And I remember the first uh, uh, transmissions we did or the broadcasting we had, the first months we had over 300 people from Squintla, from here, Guatemala City, and also in Mexico and in the United States. Also wow. Different people. Yeah. It was so amazing how... That you know, open uh, uh, a really great opportunity to keep you know uh, sharing the gospel to all the people that were that was afraid you know afraid of this um, virus. So that was uh, that was a moment for us as a leadership to step on you know and 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 not to be afraid 
Mm-hmm. It was a moment to to give a hope to the people that was in need in, in those days. And uh, in San Vicente, it was really tough for, as well for us. But uh, we tried to visit them when we had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I remember we we couldn't go beyond of of our boundaries here in Guatemala City. Uh, so uh, Esquintla, it's about uh, an hour away from uh, from us. So uh, we couldn't go that far, you know. So I remember when 127 gave us the opportunity to to have this uh, 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 offering for, they made offering to all of us and we could buy some, we could buy, you know, some different uh, uh, bags of food. And so it was a great opportunity to, 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 <laughs> to reach and at the same time to share with the people in need in, in my church, El Camino and San Vicente. I remember that mm. those days we couldn't, uh, we were not able to go beyond the boundaries that uh, our city uh, so we, we we just pray and we were praying a lot, you know. God, you know, let us to go uh, farther, you know. And this policeman, I mean, they, they never stop us, or at least, you know, they don't, uh, you know, turn, you know, make make a turn, you know, and and, go, and come back to to our home. But we were we we're praying for that, and the surprise was that you know the the police they just saw saw us coming and they just left. I mean, and they they just leave us. To, keep going so we made it to Squintlat so we could share the these bags of food and also we, we had the opportunity to be able to help the uh, San Vicente community and yeah. it was uh, it was so great to have the opportunity because all of them were saying no one has come I mean not the government has come here to share at least some food with us I mean and you are uh, the only one and that was the moment that we we had an open door to keep, you know, sharing the gospel and keep saying, you know, it's the Lord who's taking care of you. So you need to focus on him. You need to keep your eyes on him. And that was a great yeah. opportunity to keep sharing the gospel with them. <clears throat> That's great. Uh, I know we yeah. loved hearing stories and, and seeing pictures of what you were able to do and just doors that God was opening. So it was very encouraging for us. Yeah, it was so tough to see many people in our, you know, in the road, mm-hmm. uh, going down into to the south here in Squindla, a lot of people they were waving like a, a, a white flag. You know, a lot of families. You 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 probably get really um, really probably in tears watching all these people asking for food. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad we were able to help. I'm glad that 127 were, you know, able to. To help us to also as well with uh, with these offerings, so we can you know reach more with these people. Yeah. Um, well, sort of related. I mentioned you know we, part of the 127 worldwide model is we work with people, great people like you and and MJ and um, you know th- this idea of partnership and how we can work together. So I would love just to hear. You know, it's not about. Um, we're coming in and we're the heroes of the story. It's really about the body of Christ working together. And I would just love for you to share a little bit about what partnership has meant to you and just knowing, you know, literally you have family in Europe and uh, I think you said Scotland, um, you know, around around the world. You've been to Africa, you've ministered in in America too, in in the U.S. And 
Um, what is this idea of like partnership in the gospel and how has that been an encouragement to you? Well, like you said, I mean, the Lord has opened my eyes. Uh, the church, the body of Christ is all over the world. And 127 is part of the body of Christ. And many of the church that has, you know, been part of, of uh, 127 ministry as well and our ministry. So for us, it's really amazing how the Lord has uh, uh, brought us together to keep, you know, working as one, you know, for him. Because that's what I see right now. You know, we, we, I see myself and not only, you know, me alone here working alone in doing the ministry in Esquindla. I know we have a, a church, we have a leadership there, but, you know, the Lord is, I don't know how to say it, but he's like putting us right now in a situation to, to see that we have many others, you know, that we can stand together, that we can help each other and we can make easier, you know, the, the work and reach the others and reach, you know, the sinners, reach the, the orphans, reach and help, you know, the vulnerable ones. So that's something that, uh, in 2016, that was when you came, exactly. I remember uh, putting the, the whole church on prayer and asking, you know, the, to the Lord what to do, what else to do. I mean, in San Vicente, you know, we are running out, out of ideas and money and everything. Also, our effort, I mean, our strength was kind of like going down. And uh, I remember you came on 2016 and you telling me, what about if I send you two teams the next year? That was 2017. And I remember telling you, well, I mean, I'm okay. I'm ready. <laughs> send them all. So uh, right now, watching all this and, you know, taking a, a moment and, and to think how that, you know, that moment brought us to, to see uh, that we can do more together as one, you know, as a body of Christ. Yeah. Uh, there is many others, you know, there's many others that we can, you know, hold hands and, you know, uh, if you need something I can give you or if you need effort, I can, you know, uh, we can get it from 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 a certain group, you know. So that's when, you know, the the, the different churches that has that have come, you know, to to Guatemala uh, yeah. during these mission trips, you know. They, they have encouraged us, us as well, you know, to keep going, to keep leading, you know, uh, as we have done it. And it's been really great to see how the church is, I mean, the body of Christ is working as one. Yeah. It's so great to see it, you know. So that tells us we are not alone. That That's, yeah. <laughs> that's something great, you know. <laughs> and I know that God has had you on a journey in the last few years of just reading and studying and learning more about um you know, best practices and vulnerable communities, and we've sent you uh, books to read and things like that. So I would love for you just to talk to, maybe there's someone listening who is just starting their journey and just figuring out, you know, the first steps to take. Like, what are some things you would encourage um, them to do and some words of wisdom that you would share with them? Yeah, um, this is something funny, but... Uh... Maybe you can tell, wow, David has a great ministry down there happening. But, you know, <laughs> it's so hard for me telling you that we have done a lot of mistakes as well. <laughs> I, 
I wish I could go back on time and tell myself and our church leaders to stop doing wrong, you know, telling myself, don't do it that way. The wrong way of only giving, but at, at the same time hurting. F- feeling good with yourself only by feeding your ego. We did many mistakes like that. And that le- I learned it from, from this book that you, that you share with me. Uh, it, it calls When Helping Hurts, mm-hmm. uh, How to Alleviate Poverty Without Hurting the Poor. And, and, and yourself as well. You know, this is a book that really opened my heart and I put it right away to read it uh, with one of my leaderships right now, with the leadership of the local church, El Camino. Mm-hmm. This is something that you need to read it. I mean, we have done it, done it in, wrong, in a wrong way. That's why we don't see, you know, uh, a lot of fruit right now. So this was a great book that opened my eyes. I could share it with my, with my leadership in 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 El Camino Church, yeah. and uh, yeah, that's something that opened my eyes. And some other books that uh, that has always been a a really uh, great for me to open my eyes, you know, and and, and you know, improve, you know, what we have done it or what we keep be, we have been doing in these yeah. past years. So, been great to to have the access and share all this knowledge yeah well great well thank you so much for taking time to visit with us david and um just for coming on the podcast where you are a blessing to us for sure and i just appreciate you um joining us today no it's a really blessing for me to share all what is the lord doing in Guatemala and in some part also in the south of Guatemala, Esquintla. So keep us in your prayers, please. Thank you for this great and big opportunity, Sarah. God bless you for having us as, uh, as well in this, in this program. God bless you. Thanks so much for continuing to find us and for continuing to push play. Remember, you can always find our show notes at 127worldwide.org forward slash simply 127. And please leave us a review or rating on iTunes or Google Play. This will really help new people to be able to find the podcast. We're now a little over halfway through season two. So we are going to take a little break just to rest, hit the reset button, and to spend some time planning for the rest of season two. We'll be back in a few weeks. So in the meantime, have a happy spring break, happy Easter, and we'll be back soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.